This is the Tactical Leader Podcast, where we're on a journey of self-mastery and true leadership. I believe that in order to lead others, you must first be able to lead yourself. And in order to lead yourself, you have to first know yourself. If you want to learn the tactics to get to know yourself, to lead yourself, and to lead others, stay tuned to hear from industry experts as I unpack the tactics that they've used to build their business, build culture, and lead others. So through the last several, I guess it's been the last couple of months, I did this in December, I did this again in January. Again, this is like the third quote unquote part, but really I just kind of hit different highlight points of the boss plan. The first couple of things we talked about were the importance of the foundational piece of business. As a business consultant, that's what I focus on specifically. How do we manage the operational level to our businesses? How do we create that foundation? Karma, thank you for throwing that in there. Now that I see your name, I recognize the name across the registration piece. So welcome. But a big piece of what I focus on, how do we manage the foundational pieces of business? How do we create a foundation that won't crack as we kind of build into a larger organization? That's specifically where I specialize a lot of what we've talked about previously are common frustrations, everything from what a small business owner feels, right? And a lack of control, how frustrating people are, whether they're employees, customers, vendors, partners, never having enough profit. Maybe your growth has stopped. You're starting to spin in the mud, right? You hit that ceiling that you can't figure out how to overcome. And then really a big one for me at one point is that nothing was working, right? I felt like I was doing X, Y, and Z and nothing clicked. And I get just kept driving forward and nothing would, would work. Those are the common pieces of frustrations I hear across clients. And a big piece of what I focus on in this boss plan are six keys to success. And a big piece of this that I really stress, especially in the veteran space, we come out with a level of significance that we feel like we should be successful, right? After 15, 20 years in the military, I was an infantry officer. I deployed the Green Berets. Like I get that piece of high level of performance. What I've seen in the veteran space is we expect that to transition really well into corporate or industry or business ownership, yet we've never actually gotten experience there. So a big piece of what I really highlight for veterans is understanding the willingness to learn and the willingness to be vulnerable about what we're struggling with. And as vets, that's like one of the worst things we struggle with is vulnerability. How do we actually ask for help, right? How do we get in front of the camera, which is a big thing for me for a long time. I didn't want to, and still Nate yells at me again. He yells at me to get in front of the camera all the time, says we need more footage of my ugly mug in front of the camera for some reason. So it's a big struggle for a lot of us is being vulnerable enough to be in front of the camera. That's a big piece to the success. But then there's six foundational pieces that we focus on in a business. And that's the vision, the people, the information, the issues, the processes. And then overall, that compiles into traction. And that last piece, if you've not read the book Traction by Gino Wickman, it's a phenomenal foundational element for small businesses where they gear traction is more towards 50 or more employees. Where I've geared the boss plan is more for 10 or fewer employees. So now as a, a real estate agent, right? A lot of what I've learned in the real estate space is we've delved more into that arena. Real estate professionals don't necessarily see themselves as small business owners, whether they're a real estate agent, a mortgage lender, 
commercial space. They don't necessarily see themselves as a small business owner. So a lot of what we've really tried to highlight is what is a small business owner, right? How do you recognize yourself as a small business owner if you're not in a traditional small business ownership sense? So really highlighting what's an entrepreneur, what's a business owner, and how that all correlates and how important it is to really gain that traction as a business owner as a whole. If, now I will throw this out there, if anybody has some bourbon, I know Jason and Nate are chasing kids. So if y'all have bourbon or Taylor has vodka, I have water. Make sure you're sipping along the way because I like to drink water and talk business. So definitely make sure we're chasing kids and talking business at the same time. But a big piece of what I want to hit on this for this session, last time we talked about vision, core values as veterans, we kind of understand that, right? We understand what that looks like. Today, what I would really want to highlight, it's on page seven of the workbook itself, is the 10-year target. I love talking about the 10-year target. And this is the piece I really want to break down today where the 10-year target is sometimes business owners don't think that far in the future, right? They don't think the legacy, what's being left. And that 10-year mark can be kind of unique, right? At that 10-year mark, you could be selling the business, you could be transitioning, you could be handing it off to the kiddos, making it more of a family business. There are a lot of things that happen at that 10-year mark, but a lot of us don't think about that, right? We're worried about making the next deal or worried about making that next client, closing the next sale. And the reality of it is, is like the 10-year target is that big, hairy, audacious goal that keeps you driving forward. That piece is like bigger than you, right? That impact piece. Now, it's really the larger than life goal that we're working toward, that thing that everyone within the organization is striving to accomplish, the length is kind of up to you. I throw 10 years out there because the reality of it is, is like the studies show that most entrepreneurs, about 90%, chose that time frame as their big goal. To put some like relativity into that, I'm 34. I've had business. I own several businesses. I started my first one back in 2017. So I'm six years in business now, right? Almost seven. So for me, I'm running up to that 10-year target. And looking all the way back there, when I started my first company, I never thought about where do I want this to be in 10 years? I never thought about like what that global potential global impact or what that the impact was that I wanted to create. It was about the same time I transitioned my background. I was a police officer here in Atlanta first, transitioned into the military. So I went at 28, went into basic training and went through OCS, became an officer in the infantry and launched a business all at the same time because I knew I didn't want to go back to law enforcement. That was the first company I launched, and it was here in Atlanta, coming back into the space where I saw a gap, the entrepreneur mindset, right? Figure out something you can solve and then go solve it and then make money off it, right? Sell it to solve it. And I realized there's a gap in the market. So I started a security consulting firm where we would give direct insights attached to how to optimize safety, security, more of the blueprint level of physical security. And there's a big piece of what I learned in law enforcement, but also when it came to infantry, the risk management mitigation piece, all kind of played into it. I never thought about what would it, what would that business look like in 2027. I thought about how do I monetize to not have to go back to the police department, or how do I monetize to pay my bills next week? Never thought about 10 years out. And what I recognize is I've got more experience in business. Fast forward to 2020, for those of y'all that don't know the background attached to it. In 2020, I launched three different companies 
all in alignment with as the world shut down for COVID, I launched three other companies. Those three companies scaled to 155 countries in the next eight months. Something I never really expected. One of them, and y'all may laugh, I usually get jokes attached to it. One of the companies was an international dance competition. That's where we hit some virality and really grew and scaled to 155 countries. On top of that was a talent firm and a media production company. And that's where I kind of launched different pieces, recognizing the ebbs and flows in society as a whole. As I was growing that, the security firm fell by the wayside because nobody was going into, into work anymore, right? So as I was growing that, it shifted the dynamic. What is a large company? To me, a large company originally was cool. I have a sector of Atlanta that I work in, right? Then it shifted to, oh man, I have 155, 75% of the world I have a company in. And that was the big shift for me. So I had a big paradigm shift in my mindset attached to what does impact and global impact look like. So I'm going to pause for a quick second and you can either unmute and chime in or throw in the chat box. Do you have a 10-year goal? Have you thought about what your company looks like 10 years from now or 10 years from its start date? And I like to sit here and stare at the blank screen. Oh, well, let's hear it, brother. Yeah, I mean, 10 years from now, you know, I, I want to have people in key positions and places for my company so that I can not only keep up with the month to month operations to keep the lights on, but really so that I can be positioned to where I can personally work on those real impact pieces, those community driven pieces through film, through video, frankly. So that's the big 10 year for me. And out of curiosity, and I, I'm a little bit I have the inside track, right? Because we've worked for a while on what you're building. What steps have you taken now to prep yourself for that 10-year goal? Well, you know, I'm still very early on having officially launched this business last August, have been in it really in a part-time capacity since early last year, you know, when I initially got in into doing this type of work. But honestly, quite frankly, I couldn't identify at this point a specific step other than trying to, you know, just get formally organized within my organization so that I am not going to be the sole hat of all the positions within my company, so to speak. Now, to give some background on Nate, prior to starting his videography company, he had a successful home inspection company. So familiar with business, but also familiar with recognizing where his passions lie in a different capacity. A lot of what Nate has done is passion, purpose-driven video content, storytelling. So a lot of what he's done with the nonprofit I started, ATL Vets, we're really supporting veteran, local veteran organizations, veteran businesses. A big piece with Nate is that he's helping us tell that story, right? Which is why I want to have him on the shop talk in a couple of weeks to highlight the impact of storytelling. So it's kind of interesting. You might not can recognize it now, Nate, but you're like putting yourself in those rooms to have those opportunities to start building that really the expertise, right? You're the guy that helps passion, purpose-driven organizations tell their story and you do it through cinematic video. And y'all just for the record, like his 6K video, I can't even download because I don't have the, like the hard drive space when he sent it to me. So definitely a piece of it where you're like shifting the paradigm attached to what good storytelling actually looks like compared to the cell phone videos that you gripe about every once in a while. Yeah, definitely an infinite number of complaints and grievances to <laughs> to throw out there in that capacity. But no, you're exactly right. Yeah, I guess a, a big part of, of what I've been you know doing with you with the business builders and stuff, just really getting 
positioning myself, getting in front of the right people and starting this sort of slow snowball effect of this is what I am and what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. And now I saw you unmute and then you typed in, you desire acquisition within 10 years. I'm super curious because I don't know a whole bunch of your business side. No, you're in the real estate space. Do you care to expand on that one a little bit? My goal is to start a brokerage and then have it be acquired or have it operate itself. I don't want to be in 10 years still running the business. So you want to be on the beach, like getting fanned by a little cabana boy, enjoying the the sun? Yes. I love it. I love it. Can I join you? Like, hang on. Can we figure this out? We'll build it together. I'll I'll hit the beach. No, I'm too sensitive. <laughs> and that's where I should have been nicer to her like three days ago, y'all. No, I think it's a fascinating piece. And I've got another client that runs a corporate events company. And her goal is very similar. In 10 years, she wants to sell. She wants to, to your point, either hand it off to the children, right? She wants to create... Wow, y'all are terrible. So this is what I deal with, y'all. I would make a beautiful cabana boy. She wants to structure the business to either give to the kids or to sell it and have that number, right? Whatever that number may be, three, five mil, whatever that retirement happiness is. And as we've talked more and, and we've done some work together, that was a big piece that she never even thought about, right? She's like, she never even thought about what that number looks like. Never crunched the numbers, never looked like what... What would it look like to sell my business? Is it 100K? You know, usually there's somewhere in the profit margin of five to 10X, right? So if, if you're making 100K a year, you can sell, if you're profiting, let me shift that, right? If you're profiting 100K a year, five exit, and that's usually what you can sell the company for. 500K is not necessarily enough to retire on these days, right? So thinking to your point, now in 10 years, what's the level of profit and revenue that you have to hit? And that's a big piece of like thinking about your 10-year goal. If you want to be acquired or you want to step out of it in 10 years, what's that number look like? And that's a totally different structuring attached to how you build it now because the processes are important. The client acquisition is important. The follow-on services, the returning customer base is important compared to somebody like myself where I'm not geared towards selling my business. My goal is to create a a sales process that is freestanding. I don't necessarily care to sell the business. So the revenue numbers don't make a difference to me. The employee base, the client portfolio Rolodex doesn't necessarily mean anything to me where I'm okay continuing to acquire clients at the moment. But a selling point for a brokerage, I mean, what's that portfolio look like, right? What's that assets under management potentially look like? And that's where it shifts a little bit. Out of curiosity, just because I'm fascinated by it all, have you thought that far into it yet, Nala? So my husband has asked that question and it's just a thought. No, I haven't crunched the numbers or anything like that. I'm happy that you mentioned the five-time rule because then that gives me, okay, I really need to ramp up now (laughs) so that I can get to a huge number later, but no, I have not actually sat down. Numbers scare me. I can be honest and say that. I love that that because numbers are like the singular most terrifying thing about business because they don't lie. Right. 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 (laughs) So, well, no, that's not why it's terrifying. It's just, you know, anyway, I digress. You always get me on these calls. That's why I'm not on camera. 
Oh, no, I, I love chatting with you about it because I think the fascinating piece and why I love doing these webinars, you know, it, it's fascinating to see where people are in their journey, right? Like you gearing towards that 10 year mark and what that number looks like and how you're structuring. To me, I'm I'm just fascinated by business. So I'm always curious, especially in real estate. Like I, I don't know the real estate world, the brokerage world well enough to know what it looks like to be acquired in that space, right? So another piece is I just run into a nonprofit. I've been doing some consulting work with a nonprofit out of Chicago. It's a 501c brokerage. And they use they have a, a national referral network for real estate agents where they get referral fees as donations to support the nonprofit that they then sponsor other nonprofit organizations. Super fascinating. And it's actually something that Jason Fleeman and I have been talking about that we may or may not be coming to have a conversation with you about in the near, very, very near future. But it's a really fascinating piece because I don't know that space well enough to know like what's the efficacy of having a 501c brokerage and how the IRS detailings file into that because that is such a very, it is very similar to Homes for Heroes, but they are not veteran specific. They are just a support of other 501Cs. But you think about the referral base attached to that on a national level. So he's in Chicago, he's looking for three hub cities, and he's wanting me to help him build Atlanta as like a beta city where essentially we build a client base here in Atlanta, where if anybody in the country is moving to Atlanta and they go to him, he sends that person to you, for instance, and you become that real estate agent for that person. And you give the referral, whatever the brokerage is allowed to give. I think it's like 20, for 20, 20 to 25% referral fee for getting that referral. You actually donate it to the 501c, get the deduction. And then he turns and uses that donation to support whatever nonprofit you may be interested in supporting. Super fascinating about how that all comes together. And I have no clue. I'm like super diving into that right now. That's literally part of what I'm working on this week with him is understanding that better because it's an interesting piece attached to what creates value in a company. And whether that's a 501c or a brokerage, you think about a national level network that could be a paradigm shifter across the country. A lot of people think real estate is very geocentric and to an extent it can be. The dynamic we're working on with Jason Fleeman and some of the uh, other uh, events we're working on is like, how do we take a geocentric real estate agent to become a national level brand without being a full-on investor, right? And creating a different structure. So there's a lot of really interesting pieces attached to it, but it all kind of feeds back to what you're talking about. Like, how do you prep to be really attractive to buy in 10 years? And there are different avenues attached to it where you can create different value aspects, right? Yeah, that is part of the conversation I'm having with him right now. The profit, the administrative expense, allegedly, I haven't looked at his financials yet. That's the next step. He puts 80% of all revenue back into another nonprofit. So he takes 20% for whatever those administrative or operating expenses may be. Super fascinating to be continued. But the reason I bring him up is like, it's an interesting piece. And yeah, I mean, that's right about the average point, right? You want 20% or less for nonprofit for admin fees. And that keeps you in that line, really, realistically, much less than that. And that's a conversation that he and I are having. Like, what's that real point, right? 10% would be a lot better for that piece of it. But you think about the collaborative aspect from a brokerage or real estate perspective, 
if you're outwardly promoting and doing the cause marketing and doing the differentiation point of I contribute, you know, 20% of my 3% commission to support X, Y, and Z nonprofit or X, Y, and Z endeavor. So now I love for you, if you were to take 20% of your 3% commission that you make on average on a transaction and you take 20% of that and donate to a local veteran nonprofit and you start using that as like marketing efforts and say, hey, this is what I do with my funds. So I'm not only value-driven and purpose and passion-driven attached to giving back to the veteran community. And you start using that similar to what Nate and I are doing, right? You start telling the story about how you're supporting the veteran community beyond just being present, being active and heavily engaged. How does that shift the dynamic for the 10-year goal of being attainable or purchased by another organization? Because if they see that piece with that level of network, how does that change the number from a 5X to a 10X, right? Maybe that impacts the your profits don't need to be a million. If your profits are 500,000, we'll still 10X that and you hit a number in a different way. Does that make sense? I'm going off on a tangent on that because it fascinates me, but does that make sense? And anybody have any questions on that piece? Yeah, it makes sense. I looked at it differently in terms of the change of perspective. When you have the purpose support as an owner in a business and you add on that philanthropy piece, so to speak, it kind of changes the dynamic and it may go from a 10 year goal to that's ultimately what I want to do. So I looked at it from a different perspective of owning the business and how to create it. So that's interesting. I'm excited to learn more. Yeah, it definitely shifts the dynamic of what a 10-year goal could look like, right? And where that impact could be, whether it is, and I make a joke about being on the beach and just enjoying a retired life, but knowing as many veterans as we know, like we usually don't sit still very well. So looking at where that leverage point could be and how it could be the retirement plan, and this is more of where I'm geared with my companies, my retirement plan is the recurring revenue streams, right? I'm not necessarily going to sell, but I will have a recurring revenue stream where I'm not worried about the 501k, right? Because I don't have one. So I got to figure out something for recurring revenue into my 80s. And that's more of my game plan for the companies. And I, I want to shift over to, I'm checking the comment box. Karma brought up a point. Business has been slow going, staying at home with the kiddos. Uh, you create online coursework and want to want a team that's not you moving all the pieces. Yeah, that's a huge piece. If you care to expand on it, feel free to unmute. That's a huge thing attached to it, right? Especially with the kiddos. I don't have any kids beyond the 16-year-old puppy that's asleep at my feet. You know, it's a different endeavor, right? How do you create a freedom of movement, if you will, to be able to do those pieces of things, right? And that's something that I've learned to value more over the years. How do you create that freedom to be able to get revenue, but also like take the pup out to walk at noon? And that's kind of a piece that I I always talk to my clients about. How do you preserve your time and your space, right? So, Jason, Nate, y'all were talking about having the kiddos and I make fun where Nate's daughter, Emma, is an angel, but also a terror. And I make sure that she knows that she's my uh, spirit animal and my mascot for pretty much everything I do. Um, But it shifts the dynamic, right? He's got to take care of a little bit and also think about her future, right? What's the college fund look like? What's that aspect attached to it while also being present? 
And that's a huge thing in the veteran space. And I'm sure y'all recognize, right? How many veterans are deployed four or five, six times and totally miss the childbirth or they miss the baseball games, the birthdays, and it's kind of a piece of what we had to live. So Karma, thinking about that aspect of it, like creating that life outside of having to answer somebody else is such a huge piece for a small business owner, that freedom, right? Thinking about that freedom. So that 10-year mark, creating the structure where you're the face of the company, if you will, or you're the one going out and doing the biz dev, the networking, the conversations. And then you have the team on the back end that's doing all the smaller things where you get to have dinner with the kiddos, right? And you get to have time with the kids to facilitate more of their interest. And I think that's such an amazing aspect of what we can do as business owners, as entrepreneurs, and really focus on that avenue. For me, it's literally spending time with the pup and enjoying walking her 18 times a day because she loves going outside. So I love that aspect of thinking about where we're moving in the next 10 years. Yeah. The time that I have to devote is before they wake up, basically. So how however early I can wake up and get an hour, two or three, that's really what I have because all the rest of the day is chaos. So yeah, I'm learning the tech right now and... <laughs> It's been interesting, fun, a little challenging. And I think that's really what I wanted when I started a business was just something to, because I, when I retired, that's when I started having kids. So having a full career and then not was tough. So having something to kind of challenge me and keep my mind engaged and have something to do beyond child care related responsibilities is what I need. And it's fitting the bill, but it's not footing the bill. <laughs> yeah. <I'll say. laughs> yeah. That's definitely the hard part. And I pulled up your LinkedIn to see the background. First off, zero respect for Air Force, like gross. Yuck. Air Force, terrible. Teasing, teasing. For the rest of y'all, she's an Air Force vet. Yeah, right. I had to talk a little bit of shit as an Army guy. But it's a really interesting background you have attached to the dietitian piece, your regional public health trainer for the Department of Agriculture. Some really interesting. That's... Yeah, so I mean, when I started creating online courses, I was really, I had a hard time narrowing down what I really wanted to focus on. And so I created some coursework for people who want to learn more about the U.S. Public Health Service and how to take that career path if they want to, because I kind of stumbled into it and, you know, they don't have recruiters to help you along the way. So I have quite a bit of coursework and I was using LinkedIn mainly to market to that topic. But I've come to realize, well, then I also created some coursework for parents with young children so you can keep them busy without screens. So I have coursework on that. And my most recent focus has been just more on the female veteran because I've built up a, a Facebook group of female veterans that are just under 600. And I'm finding that many of them don't feel don't feel like a veteran. And so I am creating a boot camp that's called Embrace Your Inner Veteran. And so that is what I'm working towards now is to develop something beyond the free boot camp to kind of be ongoing subscription-based membership. Yeah, I think that's super fascinating. I'll throw it out there just as a shot in the dark. Do you know Amy Stevens that's on the Vetlander board? Yes. Yes. I've been in her Facebook group for a while. Yeah. I was a lot more active than I, I have been recently, but yes, I do know her. Okay. And, you know, 
Amy's Amy, but I know yes. she has a huge side of the female veteran space. That's such an interesting space that I've learned more about as an infantry guy. I didn't have any females in, in my platoon. And when I deployed, there were literally for nine months, not a single female around me. So it's such an interesting space to see a almost like a sub sub demographic, right? Like there, there's a different level of what y'all are involved with. Amy obviously does a lot in that space. I also saw you're your attached to Bunker Labs, a part of the VIR piece. Yes, I just joined. Yes, we're just getting started. Nice. Who's running that now? Kevin. Oh, gosh. I'm not going to be able to remember last names, but Kevin is doing the Atlanta cohort. Nice. And he's got a support guy, and I can't, can't even think of his first name. So, sorry. No, 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 no. Don't apologize. There's been so many. I was part of VIR, actually taught VIR 2021B. 20, I was the instructor for that and did different things. I've been attached to Bunker for years. I've since moved out of it for uh, creative differences with the CEO. But it's an, an amazing program that has national level support. Different aspects depending on who's running it, but that piece can be really fascinating because I think looking at, uh, especially across the country, there's a lot of connectivity for that space. Is it, is it a good piece where you're learning more about market research and stuff? Well, we've just had our introductory meeting and tomorrow we have our first in-person meeting. So I don't have a real good feel for that just yet. Got it. That's fair. That's fair. I'll be curious to see how it's going because I know they've had a lot of leadership change in the last year and a half or so. So I'll be interested to stay attached to it. And that's honestly, to be honest, Karma, uh, I started ATL Vets. It's a nonprofit for veteran entrepreneurship and business owners. That's my space in the Vetlanta world is obviously these types of conversations for business owners trying to further that piece because I feel like there's an underserved piece attached to it. And then going a level deeper into what you're working on with female veterans, it's a really fascinating piece. And you and Nala should definitely connect because she's like hella active in this space. And I see her literally everywhere I go, randomly ran into her in Buckhead the other day because she's out here hustling like crazy. So it might be a worth connection if y'all haven't connected yet. Sure. My Facebook group is called Women Warriors Connect. And within that group, I mainly focus on sharing about free resources for veterans. So I have a resource directory that I've collected over 300 resources in it so far. And I, every quarter I add to it. And that's, that's yeah. my TikTok too. So <laughs> I post about those every day. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I'm stalking you as we talk a little bit. No, that's, <laughs> that's fascinating. So now, like I said, I mentioned earlier, she's one of our speakers. I host a few events in Buckhead. She's one of my speakers in a couple of weeks for I had to rep the the veteran side and she's talking on a real estate panel, but definitely a good potential to connect across because I feel like there's an avenue, especially with the dietitian piece of it. Are you still focusing in that space as you're doing stuff with female veterans? You know, I probably will pull in some of those pieces on down the road once I figure out the people in my group that have an interest in that. So right now I'm just focusing on you know, claiming your veteranship, but I definitely have an interest in sharing, you know, helping people move forward with their personal goals in all different areas, including food, nutrition, and fitness. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's so funny in the veteran space. So Taylor, who's in here, she has her own fitness health and wellness company, focusing more on the 
corporate health and wealth strategy, but also does personal training. Personal training. And it's an interesting piece that so she's non-veteran, but is a veteran sister. So her brother was an army vet or is an army vet. And yeah. It's funny how she kind of took that mindset on. And I'm sure you can correlate to the, the tough edge speaking. She's essentially drill sergeant. She was my trainer attached to stuff and 5am starts yelling at me all of a sudden. I'm like, okay, that's just like basic training all over again. And it's funny how we need that, right? Post military. It's almost like a comfort point. Tell me the truth. Like how bad is my nutrition? How bad is my fitness? How much have I gone away from? So I think there's definitely like a huge avenue there for you as a whole. Yeah. I'm like geeking out on you. Sorry. I'm like stalking you hardcore. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah. Thanks, Taylor, for yelling at me every morning at 5 a.m. But super good stuff. I appreciate those those insights. And the next piece I'll hit, just so you all are tracking, I'll give about three more minutes attached to the next page, and then I'll move into more of a Q&A. I always love doing that piece of it where it can either be roundtable discussion or any questions you have about stuff we talked about. We kind of open it up to discussion in about three or four minutes. Um, the next page after on page eight, talking about that 10-year plan. So I appreciate y'all's input on that because I think it's really impactful because the next piece that it moves into is understanding the four parts that make up a marketing strategy and understanding how your vision needs to be accomplished through four parts of marketing. And we kind of hit on these, right? I, I was touching on them a little bit as we talked through different pieces, but recognizing the four parts are your target market, what three things make you unique, what your proven process is, and what your guarantee is. But if you haven't gone through those things, take some time, work through those aspects. But as you start marketing what you're doing from real estate to video, to supporting the female veteran space or even even the health and wellness space, right? Recognizing how you're very unique, how you're different, and what that process is that you have that's proven to accomplish what you're doing, first and foremost, but also on the back end, what's the guarantee? Like, how can somebody trust and know that you're the one? And I think that's a really fascinating piece where as veterans, it's kind of a piece where like, we got used to that. Like I, I did, right? Every time I wore a uniform, I had a uniform on from 15 years from PD to, to army. So, and it became a piece where like I was trusted, right? I was a, a, a piece of authority. I was either the officer or the soldier or, you know, Lieutenant X, Y, and Z, right? And it, with the uniform came an intrinsic level of value. You recognize me as a soldier. You recognize me as the police officer. As we move out of that, and we start trying to differentiate ourselves and show what makes us worth betting on. And a big piece, and I'm sure we've all heard it, but the no like trust factor, right? How many people buy from those that they know, that they like, and that they trust? That trust piece is such a huge thing from the proven process to the guarantee. And as you're marketing how you're different to your target market, right? Thinking about how those four things stack. You're marketing your target market about what makes you unique in your space. And then you talk about your proven process and how you guarantee that process is going to be a success for the individual. That's a huge thing for the veteran space as we're non-trusting at times, but also for the small business owner thinking about how do you differentiate yourself? How do you stand aside from not just competition, but how do you stand aside from AI, right? Everybody's talking about what's it called chat GP or whatever the heck that 
new software is, you know, how do you stand aside as a copywriter away from artificial intelligence? How do you create marketing content that's impactful, that's not robot generated? And I think this is where you can really personalize it, right? The marketing strategy highlighting your mission, your vision, and your 10-year target. What are you trying to do? How are you trying to impact the world? As you talk about those things, they start highlighting to your target market, what makes you unique, how you're going to accomplish it, and how you guarantee you're going to accomplish it. And if you can start highlighting those things in the marketing strategy, the next couple of pages go into the three-year picture, the one-year plan, right? And it goes from in the military on the Army side, we always talked about the three levels of military operations. You have the operational level, the strategic level, and the tactical level. And those three levels, I kind of correlate to your 10-year, your three-year, and your one-year plan for your business and how you correlate it. That one-year plan is the in the trenches, tactical stuff. What's your first step tomorrow? Reverse engineering those goals. In 12 months, I want to be here. So at month 11, I need to accomplish this. At month 10, I need to accomplish this. And you kind of reverse engineer, what do I need to do next week? And that's a piece of the marketing strategy. You start talking about those things. You start highlighting, this is where I'm going to go in a year from now. And then this is where it's going to leverage me to three years from now. And what we recognize as you do more and more and more, you have to recognize what you can accomplish in 30 days is usually overestimated. You think you can accomplish a lot more in 30 days than you actually can, but you can accomplish a lot more and you underestimate how much you can accomplish in a year, if that makes sense to everybody. So in a year's time, you usually under accomplish or you think you accomplish less than you're actually going to, right? So you kind of shoot yourself short of that one-year goal, but then you overestimate where you're going to accomplish in the next 30 days. So thinking about how do you create the 30-day tactical, tangible steps for the next 30 days, and then recognize like you multiply that by 12, and in a year, it's amazing how much you can accomplish. And then you multiply that by 10, and is your 10-year plan in that trajectory? And that's a lot to sit down and like digest one-on-one. That's a lot to digest for yourself, but it's something that's worth sitting down and putting on paper. A big piece of this whole workbook is like put it on paper and recognize like once it's on paper, the creative freedom that enables you to succeed to accomplish those goals starts becoming a little bit more tangible for you. So writing these things down, taking the time to print this out, type it out, whatever it looks like for you, but putting it on paper will shift the dynamic of like keeping yourself accountable for that 10-year target, if that makes sense to everybody. I will pause on that note, recognizing that marketing strategy before we hit that three-year picture. I will stop at that point, open it up to Q&A, open it up to questions. Is there anything with the workbook y'all are curious about anything we talked about tonight, I'll also open it up. If there's anything in business, if you're struggling with something specifically today that you're having a mass frustration with, this conversation, open it up to everything, right? Let's have a roundtable discussion. What are y'all struggling with? Do you need clarity on anything that we talked about tonight? Any thoughts or comments before we jet out of here for the evening? Or do we just need to get the mascot children up? Come on, Nate. What you got? (laughs) Well, I was going to say, I kind of like how you broke a few pieces of that down, sort of taking from the long-term goal and then 
hey, let's break it down into these micro pieces that are seemingly more attainable in the right now, you know, in terms of mindset. So I was just going to say, I love that sort of approach to reaching that long-term goal. Because I mean, if we're not going to reach that, then certainly we're wasting our time, right? So starting with that is a good point, a good thing to keep in mind. And I think a lot of people will be surprised by what they accomplish in 10 years, right? I look at 10 years ago, uh, I was 24 on the SWAT team working undercover gang investigations 10 years ago in the streets of Atlanta. Never thought about being a business owner. Never thought about joining the military. Thought that time had passed. It's amazing what can happen in 10 years. And that's where for that goal, like shoot for the moon, right? If you miss it, you still, long, you still land among the stars. That's a hell of a place to be for a small business owner. So really trying to get audacious about those pieces can really shift the dynamic of what you think you can accomplish in those 10 years and then start being tactical in those moves up to that 10-year point. No telling where the heck you'll end up. So one more thing, I'm going to kind of turn the table on you a little bit. What is some of the best advice for people that are going into this program, seeing this workbook, the boss plan? What is some of the best initial advice that you can give solopreneurs or new entrepreneurs to get this thing started? I will caution earmuffs for anybody that doesn't want to hear it and the kiddos. In the infantry, we had a saying, and I correlate it to business as the universal of speed. In the infantry, what we said is fucking send it. And that is a piece of business ownership. And, and Nate, for those of y'all that don't know, like this dude, literally, he's a cannonball type, right? He's not a toe in the water. I don't even want to know how much money he's invested in in the company in the last six months. His wife will probably end up shanking me at some point for the amount of cannonball he's done. That is like the biggest thing, right? Analysis paralysis, perfection paralysis, those limiting beliefs attached to it. It's really difficult to recognize like how much we limit ourselves at times. A big piece of it is something like this. Surround yourself with like-minded individuals. Surround yourself with a community of small businesses that can support you in those struggles that recognize it, but then send it. And that's such a freeing thing because the reality of it is most of the lessons learned are not in our successes. Most of the wins we get are not from an original win, right? Most of the time, the best lesson you're going to learn is when you fail, when you lose. And that's when you start shaping and shifting but in order to go to a failure point, you have to send it in the first place. And it's funny, I, was, I had a consulting client today. Absolutely. Massive action, Karma. You nailed it. I was talking to a consulting client today and I hate to be, I hate to bring up like the cliches of things, but I need to go look up the actual quote because I, I slaughtered it when I was talking about it earlier, but Edison was best quoted, right? He didn't find a thousand ways that a light bulb didn't work. He, he found a thousand ways that he could shape it in a different path. However the heck Edison said it, much more eloquent than I. But he really highlighted like it took him a thousand opportunities of failing before he found the winning combination to make the light bulb work, right? That's such a valuable lesson that he moved to failure every single day and didn't see his days as a success until he failed at something. And that's such a, a really empowering thought in my mind. If I move every single day into until I get to a failure point, 
and then learn from that failure point. Because if I succeed a hundred times out of a hundred times every day, what am I learning? Right. And I love y'all. I love winning. I love winning. I hate losing. I'm hyper competitive as I'm sure most of us are. Normally you're not going to spend a Wednesday night on this type of thing if you're not competitive and passionate about what you're doing. So recognizing like moving to that failure point and then optimizing that quote unquote fail into a win is such a shift for business owners that I think that's like the one thing I would say, like move to failure, move to contact, get that friction point out of the way and then learn from it and optimize what you're doing to create that win for yourself. Long winning answer, but I love that question, Nate. I'll send you that 20 later. I planted them, y'all. It was great. Now, I saw you on mute for a quick second before I went on my soapbox. What'd you have? You were so long, I forgot what I was thinking about. Damn. Don't okay, hurt no, my no, 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 it's come back to me. No, seriously. What I like about this session, and I always go like intangible, tangible. So the synergy of this, you talked about, what did you talk about? You talked about just, uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Nothing good. I got it. No, 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 no. You you talked about the strategy of military, right? The tactical, what are the three strategies? Operational, strategic, and tactical. Okay. So I actually, you brought that to memory for me. I'm an E7 retired. I went to a a training course, what they call SOTS training course. And they taught, they did a deep dive on that particular subject. And so you brought it back to memory and how my brain works in terms of looking at, okay, I have this event and then counting backwards. And then karma expressed that boot camp that she's creating and how it's going to help, I guess, women in particular, but can help all veterans know to, excuse me, know to hone their inner veteran self. So for me, it all goes together because you brought back to memory something that I didn't think about when I was in the military and as a now veteran have lost or thought I lost and how karma is actually going to implement something that will help somebody get to that space a little bit better. So I just wanted to highlight the synergy and the intangible of the tangible that you shared tonight. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I love that. And it's a big piece of it. Right. And recognizing those different pieces of it. It's kind of like my hope attached to it all is how do we create awareness? And the moment we're creating awareness and showing up available to the opportunities. And that's like the biggest thing for business owners and recognizing what flexibility and adaptability looks like showing up available, right? Showing up open to opportunities. No different. I don't know how much you and Jason Fleeman have talked sending you a message and saying, Hey, I have this real estate panel. I'd love you to be a part of it. What do you think? And you're like, you jumped on it, right? Showing up available for the opportunity for something. I think that's like the biggest piece attached to it. What are those opportunities? Are you presenting that awareness to yourself? And that's kind of what I hope for in this. It's like, how do we create awareness for ourselves about what those amazing opportunities look like? So I I love that aspect of it. And just for the record, if y'all haven't yet, check out, I'm going to drop the link real quick. That is my events page on my business coaching website. There is a lot of synergy between Atlanta and my own stuff. 
my side of the stuff has a few more events in the hopper, but you will also see a lot of synergy between Vetland and my own events. A big piece talking about Nala next week on the 16th is the Beyond the Transaction Mixer down at the Buckhead Club. We're really focusing on the real estate professional. That event usually has anywhere from 80 to 100 people show up. So if you're looking at networking and trying to expand not only our space, but the the small business space, right? A lot of my events, people ask, is it veteran only? And what we really have to recognize is like, we are only as strong as our non-veteran supporters. So Nate's not a vet, Taylor's not a vet. Recognizing like if we can get the non-veteran supporters attached and engaged, we're far more capable. So a lot of these events are about a 50-50 split between veteran, non-veteran, veteran business owner, and non-veteran business owner. And that's what I'm really trying to drive forward with the events between the Vetlanta Summits. So that events page highlights a few events. The 16th is when Al is going to be featured, and hopefully we don't get too emotional during that conversation. Tomorrow night is a brand new battle brew up in Alpharetta, Milton. I guess it's technically Milton. It's at a new brewery. We're going to try it out for the first time. I'm highlighting a couple local organizations up there from the brewery itself to a local coffee company. Looking in the future, the 22nd is Vetlanta's Q1 Summit. The Warrior Alliance, if y'all are familiar with Warrior Alliance, is sponsoring that one. It's at the Battery at the Omni. We already, it's insane, y'all. They've promoted this so well. We already have 400 people registered and we're two weeks out. Our numbers usually triple in the two weeks prior. So we might have a huge turnout for the Q1 Summit with Vetlana focused on legal services and different things that Warrior Alliance is accomplishing with us. Definitely check that out. We have a couple of hikes coming up. We have a couple more events. Check out that events page. Find out what we're doing to get engaged. I think virtual is amazing because it gives us the opportunity to sit here on a Wednesday night. But what we have to recognize is like a handshake, breaking bread, grabbing a beer with each other. That's really where relationships are built, both in the veteran and non-veteran space. So check out those events. I encourage y'all come out tomorrow night. I hope to see y'all there. I think we already have about 50 registered for tomorrow night at that venue. And I'm excited about it because it's way up in the boondocks of Alpharetta and Milton. And then next week at the Buckhead Club, with Nyala being featured as the superstar real estate veteran lady. Super excited. So y'all register for those. If y'all need me for something, please reach out. I appreciate y'all being here tonight. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Tactical Leader Podcast. If this episode helped you along your journey of self-mastery and has inspired you to do more, I challenge you to head over to myvoicechallenge.com so you can find out how you can discover your voice, claim your independence, and build that thriving business that you've always wanted. Again, that's myvoicechallenge.com.